Well, this, uh, this, this new season here at Birchridge, first of all, it is, man, it is so good to be able to gather together. It is, um, my, my soul needed this kind of time, and so I'm just grateful for it. I'm, I, I know I'm not alone in that. Um, but have you noticed that there is a, a theme that has kind of emerged over the last, um, really the, it's kind of like life in general, but really over the last few months, there is this theme that has emerged um, where we're talking about the value of human life more often and more regularly than maybe sometimes we would in other parts of our, in parts of our lives. So like um, uh, what, three months ago now, we were having conversation about for those who are most vulnerable in our community. As we saw a virus starting to sweep across the world, we looked and we said, so how far would we go to shut things down to make sure that we're protecting lives? Right? And so we had to make some hard decisions. And uh, I remember even coming in and recording a video saying, guys, we're like, not going to be meeting this Sunday. And it just was like, I can't even imagine that, that this is all happening. But we said, because we care about people, right? Because we care about the most vulnerable. And then, and then we walked through together over the last few months this whole process where so much of what changed in our world um, isn't just fear. It isn't just like us doing different kinds of things, but it's us saying, look, we're standing in solidarity with vulnerable people, right? With people who are most susceptible, most vulnerable. And so there's this, this value of human life conversation that has kind of reemerged like it does. And then over the last few weeks, it's, it's impossible to turn on the news or to, to read newspaper articles or whatever, and not be confronted with questions, hard questions, big questions about the value of life about the value of an individual's life, about the value of, of, of people's lives. And woven into all of this, as we're talking about value, and we were talking about defining the word significance, it's important, it has value, all those things is, is really a search for the understanding of, are we significant? Right? Are we significant people? And so we, we look and we look around and we look and we try and figure out, so how do we understand significance, especially when it comes to life, especially when it comes to, to us or to, to people around us? We tend to, as we talk about the, our opinion of the matter, and we look at ourselves potentially as maybe a source of understanding significance and we say, what have I accomplished? Right? What have I done that, is, that, that brings value? Or we, we look and say, well, is there something in me that, that just reveals that I have, you know, we've, I've discovered value of myself. It's a self-discovery kind of journey. And we look at ourselves and we say, am I significant? Kind of in and of myself, kind of all packaged up. Am I a significant person? Or do I have value? The problem with using ourselves as the source or understanding significance is that we have an opinion. Right? And it's usually either too high or too low. Does that make sense? It's not probably right on in line with how God would see us. It's probably either we're like, yeah, that guy stack up pretty good. Um, or it's, man, I just don't think I'll ever get it together. Right? I don't know that I have value. And so we start making decisions. That's the problem with, with, with our understanding of significance is we make decisions based on our sense of our significance all the time. Right? We make decisions based on our value or the way that we value ourselves or our lives all the time. Maybe it's not that we look to ourselves for our significance or for a measure of significance. Maybe it's we look at the world around us. Right? We look at other people or we look at maybe just in general, we look at, at creation and the vastness of what has been created. And we look and we, we say, well, I feel so insignificant. We stand in front of a mountain or on the shore of the ocean and we look and we're like, what am I? Right? It's just it's like nothing, just a speck of dust. 
Or we look at other people and we see other people who excel at things and we, we, we perceive do things better than us. Or we, we see people who, who maybe we think we stack up pretty well in comparison to. And we start using comparison. We start using the looking at the world around us, at people around us, as, as a means of determining whether or not we have value, whether or not we are significant. And it leads to frustration when we don't feel like we measure up. It leads to pride when we think we do. And it's a mess. And so what we're talking about this morning as we enter into this psalm that we're going to be spending time in is really this multi-thousand-year journey that humanity has been on, trying to understand value, trying to understand significance. And so King David writing several thousand years ago, right? This is, this is a song of worship that, has, that echoes across gener- not just generations, but century upon century upon century, declaring that we need a better source a value than just whatever value we think we can muster in ourselves or whatever value we can find in ourselves and, and by, by going through a com- process of comparison. And so in all of that, right, in all of that mess and all of that wrestling and all of that thinking, we wrestle with the same kinds of questions that have been wrestled with for thousands of years. And, and David, King David, writes this in Psalm chapter 8, or Psalm 8, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory in the heavens. The, through, the, the, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. And when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them just a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. David begins, Lord, our Lord begins, and we'll see, he kind of, he doesn't kind of, he brackets the whole of the, the discovery of significance with worship, right? That, that the whole thing is, is bracketed by this, this phrase, Lord, our Lord, which in English doesn't carry, maybe we, we lose some of the, the significance of, of, of the terminology that's being used because he's saying, um, Lord, Yahweh, right? A word that to, to speak God's name was, was something that people just, they didn't do at that time. But David has walked with God, right? He's, he's wrestled and, and he's been transformed. He's gone through this journey and there's this, this familiar, familiarity that he has with his, his relationship. But he says, Yahweh, our Lord. So he speaks the name of God, but then, but then speaks the title of God as well, that it's, it's name and it's title. It's a big deal. He's saying, look, it's not just, not just the name that, that's majestic, but it's, but it's the role that you fill. He's saying, look, Yahweh, my Lord, the one who is in control, the one who is in charge, the one who is over all things. So he, he speaks the name with familiarity, but then, but then speaks the authority as well, right? Lord, our Lord. And then he begins to reflect. He says, how majestic is your name? Right? To, to, to celebrate even the speaking of the name, to celebrate what that name actually means. And, and then he begins to unpack how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Right? This, this, this God who is so big, who is so great, who, who has done all sorts of incredible things. And David with his eyes on this God, saying, God, you are majestic. You are, you are close, and yet you are in authority. Right? You are over all things. 
So through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to, to silence the foe and the avenger. Speaking of the greatness of God, speaking of the, the way that God is in control, there is nothing that's going to shake him. So David starts by looking at God, starts by looking at, at, at who it is that he's talking to and who it is that he's talking about. And he's got his eyes on God, but then, but then the conversation shifts as he, as he begins to, to, to look at the world around him, begins to look at himself and, and at, at, at the people around him. He says, and when I consider your heavens, right? When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, still giving glory to God, but beginning to describe the the work that has been completed, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, speaking God's glory, he says this, but what is mankind? What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. David is going through this journey, not just of self-discovery, right? This is a journey of understanding significance, of understanding value. And he, and he starts by looking at the right place. He looks at God and he says, look at what God has done. Right? Looking at what has been created, looking at the majesty of, of God and the works of his hands. And he's looking and he's saying, God, you are incredible. And then he begins to look around. He looks maybe in the mirror and he looks at the world around him and he says, and what is mankind? Right? In comparison to that, in comparison to who God is and what God has accomplished, what is mankind that you're mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? In other words, what could humanity have done that could somehow have, have, have given themselves enough value to, to give themselves significance in your eyes? And if this, if this passage stopped at this verse, if this passage stopped with this question, it would be potentially one of the most depressing psalms that you could ever like, want to celebrate. It's like, God is incredible, and then what in the world is humanity, right? Who are we? But David continues. David continues because now with his eye on God, with, his, with, a, with an honest reflection and an honest evaluation of, of what humanity is and who humanity is, he begins to look and, and, and God gives him the wisdom to start to put those two pieces of the story together where often we keep them separate. He says, you You, God, have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor, that that there is significance, right? That, that, That the source of significance is what God is doing. He says, you have made speaking of this creator God, speaking of this God who has who has made incredible things. He says, This is not just that you made humanity, it's not just that you formed them from the dust of the earth, but but you have invested value in them, that you have given them significance. He said, a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You can hear as David talks, just the, the, the trappings of kind of self-discovery and, and building oneself up and comparing with other people and all those kinds of things. You can just see it kind of like falling out of his hands as he, as he engages with the God of the universe who, who created him and he created him well and created him for a purpose and with significance. He says, you have made them rulers over the works of your hand. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and, and the animals of the wild and the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. That David is celebrating creation. He's celebrating what God has done, but he's looking at that by saying, I'm going to look at who God is. I'm going to look at what God has done. I'm going to look at the reality of the human condition. But when I put the two together, it's not a hopeless story. It's a story of God doing something that's just a it's beautiful. He says, and so creation is good. And God says, creation is good, but when I made humanity, it's very good. Right? That it's, it's valuable. Not because of anything they've done, but because of because what I have done for them. 
And then David closes this, this conversation, this worship song of the, of, of the people of God with, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Right? Same, phrase, same phrase, beginning and ending this, but I think when, when you go on the journey, all of a sudden it goes from, this is, this is being reminded of how holy other God is, but then we start to reflect on the other pieces of the story, and then you get to the end, and it's like David, as he's worshiping, he's worshiping with, with greater depth, with, with more layers to it. He's saying, I'm remembering now that, that God is majestic, that God is Lord, that God is, that God is close, and yet holy other to be reminded, right? It's the remembering and the declaring process of, of worship that, that the whole thing is, is bracketed with worship. And so we talk of finding significance. We talk of how do we know if we have value? How do we know if the person in front of me has value? How do I know if, if the person that I'm seeing in the news or, or reading about, or if, this, if these people, or if this group, or, or the, the, the vulnerable, or the, the, the disenfranchised, how do we know if they have value? What measure should we use? How is it that we, that we can understand ourselves? How do we understand the value of others? David takes us on this journey, right? As God speaks through him of, of understanding significance and purpose, this journey of finding significance. And to understand it well, I think it starts with us understanding that our significance, that our significance and maybe our purpose, they're not found in ourselves, but in God. Right? Maybe the first thing that has to fall as we start to understand who we are and the value that we have and the significance that we have, maybe the first thing that has to fall from us is, is the idea that we're somehow making ourselves worthy, that we're somehow creating value in us that's supposed to impress God in some way or supposed to make God do what we want God to do or that's going to somehow make others less or help bring us up in, in some kind of way that, that, our, that our search for significance, our significance is not found in ourselves, but in God. That maybe if we're looking to find our value, if we're looking to find our significance, maybe we need to stop looking at ourselves but saying, well, who is it that says that I have value? And we start there. And that's what David did. He says, oh God, my Lord, how majestic is your name? Because if we have our eyes just on ourselves, if we say, if I can somehow make myself more valuable, if I can somehow discover in myself something that, that makes me feel significant, if our eyes are only on ourselves, it can only lead to disappointment. Right? We have walked this road. This is not a new revelation. We have walked this road before. Because the reality is, when we see it this way, when we see it this way, it, we, we have this, this kind of window that opens for us that lets us see things more clearly because we start to see that, that our value, that our value isn't in what we have done or what we're doing, but what was done for us, right? David writing this psalm in like years and years and years before the arrival of Jesus, but having experienced God's grace and mercy in his own life, having experienced God's transformational presence in his life, he's looking and saying, God, Thank you for what you have done for me. That, that any kind of accomplishment that David may have had up to this point, anything that he would think that would, that would create value, anything that kind of have this like nervous amount of energy that says, I need to figure out how to make myself more valuable, it just all falls flat as he says, I'm looking at God. I'm looking at God and realizing how majestic he is. I look at what he's created. I look at the way all those pieces fit together, and it's just anything that I was going to hold up that, that makes me think that I've somehow earned my own significance just falls that our value, our value is not in what we've done, but what has been done for us. 
which is so liberating because that means that everything we do is in response to something that we could never have earned. Right? Everything we do, that all of our doing is done in response for something that was done for us, this gift that has been given to us. And so instead of it being a, a drudgery and, and something that we're doing to try and earn and we're not sure if we've done enough to earn and all those kinds of things that, that we can look and we can say, because God has done for me, then I get to do in the world around me. That everything we do is done in response. And so it's, it's joyful. Right? It's marked by gratitude that, that what we do is in response to what has been done for us. Our significance is not found in ourselves. It's not found in what we do. It's, been, it's found in what's been done for us. It's in God which means that we begin to look at the world around us and we see it differently. That we, we even look at it through a different kind of lens and, and we see creation, we see the created order, we see the way that God has built with, with such intentionality that he has crafted something. And we look at creation and we realize that creation reveals truth. Right? Creation reveals the truth because creation is created Right, which is not just made, like we talked about with the, with the kids. It's not just mac and cheese. This is, this is a big deal. This is crafted with care and intentionality. Right? It's good. When God looked at creation, he said it's good. And then he looked at, at humanity, he said it's very good. And so we look at the world around us. We look at the world around us and we see and we perceive this, this creation that is good. I mean, we live in a, in a state where God's good creation is on full display, right? We don't have to go very far to, to look around and see that, that we are in a part of the world that just declares the greatness of the creator. We look and we see that creation reveals the truth. It reveals two things. Creation reveals the glory of God, right? The creator that has created with such majesty that, 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 that creation reveals the glory of God. And truth too, it reveals his affection for us, or his love for us, so much so that he's saying, look, look, I have made, I have crafted, I have, I have carved these mountains, and I've dug out the seas, and I've hung the stars, and I've, I've hung the moon, and, and all of that was good, but then I created humanity, and it was very good. And then I looked at this creation, and I, and I poured significance into them, that I, I poured value and purpose, and, and raised them up so, that, so they're, that they're above the rest of the created order. And so we can look at creation instead of feeling like we're in competition with creation. And so we feel like we're in competition for, for significance with the world around us. We can look and we can say, if all of this is created, right? If that mountain that inspires just as, we, as we're driving and we see it, if, if that was created in that way, and then God created and then said, but humanity is special, right? Human beings have, have a special place within the created order that we look and we can see if God created with such care, such beautiful things. And he placed us in a position of being over all of that. Then how much care were we created with? Right? How much care were we crafted with? With what kind of intentionality did, did God form us? And so creation reveals the, the glory of the creator, but it also reveals his affection for us, that he loved us so much that he created, first of all, a beautiful environment for us to, to live in, but then created something that that reveals that if, if, that's what, if that's the value of what's around us, how much more is the value that, that, that we have in the eyes of God? Which is so liberating, again, because it, it allows us to, to live in a way that means we don't have to, de to devalue what's around us 
to find our significance, right? We're not in competition with anything. We don't have to devalue what or who's around us to give ourselves significance, that, that we can give dignity and we can honor the, the creation that's around us, the other people and the, the world around us, that, that we can honor people in a way that, that's, that's open-handed because it doesn't cost us anything and it doesn't set us back in any way. And we can look at people not as resources. We can look at people not just as, as people who do things or contribute things, but we can look at, at, at valuing people not in what they do, not that they contribute value, but that, that they have value. Right? To look at it that way, not saying, well, what do I get out of this relationship or what do they contribute to me, but just simply saying, look, this is a person who has value. And they have value. Whether or not they contribute value to me or not doesn't, doesn't matter. And that lets us take this, this, this road where we can walk in relationship with other people and we can, we can then reject behaviors without rejecting people. We can reject ideas without rejecting people because people have value. Creation reveals the glory of the creator and his affection for us. Creation reveals the truth. And so the search for significance, the search for significance starts and ends with worship. Right? The, the journey of discovering our significance starts with us remembering who it is that gives us significance. Right? The, you talk like, the, the, you like think through the greatest compliment that, you, that you've ever received or one of the most valuable things that's ever been said to you. These, these words that echo in our lives, we look and we say, it's not just what was said, it's, it's who said it. Right? That the greatest compliments that we get, if we don't, if we don't believe that that person is, is really even capable of making that kind of evaluation, or we don't trust their character, that those, those, those compliments don't stick. But when we realize the value of a person, when we realize the, the significance of the source from which we're, we're receiving this compliment or this, this statement about who we are, when we remember, then it gives a framework for us to, to, to understand and, and give significance to what has been said that the search for significance starts and ends with worship means that we remember who it is that we're worshiping, right? We, we consider the source of our significance. And so it, it starts with considering the source and then it ends with an expression of gratitude as we remember and as we declare. We say, God, thank you. Thank you that you didn't just leave us as at, at the what is mankind that you're mindful of them kind of moment, but, but, you, but you continue to reveal to us who you are and who we are in you. And so this week, it may be good. This is a short psalm. It may be good for us to make it a part of our, our, our daily routine where maybe we start the day with, with just reading Psalm 8 and saying, God, would you give me this lens to see this through today? Because there's going to be so many moments. Have you guys noticed that we walk this world and there is so much about the, 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 the reality of the world that we live in that, that just pushes back against this idea? that we have value, that God cares about us, that, that we have significance. And so, so for us to be reminded on a daily basis that, that this is who we are and this is who God says we are. And then when things come our way, when things happen to us or things are said to us, there, there are things that would cause us to feel less valuable that we say, no, no, no. What has been true for thousands and thousands of years is still true today, that we have value, that we are, that we are significant in the eyes of God and that's the only eyes that I'm worried about. Here at Birchridge, we talk about this just by simply saying, you matter. You matter. And that's not just us saying that. That's, that's us echoing the words of God into your life, saying, you, you matter. 
you matter, which means if we can get that, if we can, if we can get our heads around that idea, then, then, then it gives us a different paradigm to, 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 to make our decisions from a different foundation to stand on as we, as we make the decisions that come our way, that, that we begin to understand ourselves as a person who matters, which, which means we should make our decisions based on the fact that we matter, that decisions have consequences. But, but what kinds of things are we actually wanting to get? If we can realize that we have value, if we can realize that, that God has, has given us significance, then maybe we wouldn't be so loose with some of the decisions that we make. To understand ourselves in this way gives us a new framework for making decisions. Instead of making temporary, self-destructive kind of decisions, we say, is this the kind of decision that a person of significance would make? Right? What would a person who has value do in this moment? And we look at the questions that are in front of us. We look at the decisions that we have to make, and we, and we, we use that as a framework to understand whether or not we're making good and healthy decisions. And then, and then we see a community come around this idea. Right? We, we see a healthy community that, that grows up around the idea that people matter and that our, that our decisions matter, our next steps matter, that, that we're heading somewhere because God has given us value, that he's, he's inviting us to live out the purpose that he has placed in us. And this healthy community begins to, 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 to form around this idea. And like we do in our small groups, like we do over coffee shop tables, we, we help each other see this in themselves. Right? Say, well, this is, this, remember, you have value. Hey, it could be that God is trying to teach you something because God cares about you, because he wants you to, to live in a better way, not just to try and make you give up the things that you're wanting to do, but because, because he, he values you and wants you to live better, that we have this healthy community that's not us playing referee, but us cheering each other on. And then it begins to change the world around us one conversation at a time, one different way of seeing the person in front of us, seeing them differently, a different lens through which we see the world, a different lens that we read the news with, a different way that we engage with people. Not that we just accept the ideas and not that we just accept whatever behaviors come our way, but we look at people and we value people. And by doing that, we remember that we're valued as well. It becomes an act of worship. The way that we treat each other, the way that we make our decisions becomes an act of remembrance and declaration. Because as we value others, we're reminded that we have value as well. This is what God's called us to. Right? This is a framework for understanding the chaos of the world around us. And this is where we're heading. Right? This is the road. This is what we're called to.